It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Believe in NXT podcast. Like always, it is I, your host, Jacob DeLawrence. And, of course, Seth is riding with me today. Seth, how you doing, man? Doing great. A lot of NXT to discuss today. A lot of stuff to look at and dissect. Uh, yeah, it was a busy week for the Black and Gold brand. You had a return that wasn't a surprise. Shocker. You had another return. And, you know, you had the usual Wednesday night drama you had Ciampa and Undisputed Era trying to kill each other and playing hide-and-go-seek for a whole episode. So we got a lot to talk about, a lot of fun. But, of course, before we do that, we want to let you guys know, as always, this podcast is available on the Big Five, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And, of course, it's brought to you courtesy of the good folks over at the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? And, you know, like I do every episode, just want to – tell you something about a little bit about the network and the shows we got you know we're over 205 shows now said wow that's that's pretty deep yeah like it was just 196 last week when we came so we're growing we're over 205 and you know it looks like we get a lot more individual team shows and baseball seasons coming up so i see you know i just kind of took a little look around to see something that's interesting and you know not sure if you're a big baseball fan, said, but uh, Mookie, Mookie Betts just got traded from the Red Sox to the Dodgers. Big and trade, big trade. Dodge, big trade. Dodgers, I mean, I'm a Dodger uh, fan, L.A. native. Dodgers still trying to buy that championship. <laughs> well, you know, you might get a vacant one from Houston. But uh, speaking of the Dodgers, I was going to say the Believe in Dodgers podcast is a great podcast to listen to right now. Get You get uh, Brett Tomko's and Josh Luke's thoughts own Mookie Betts and exactly what that means. Maybe that's enough to finally put the Dodgers over the hill and get Clay Kershaw that World Series ring, get Magic Johnson that World Series ring that he's so desperately trying to buy, like you said. Yeah, I mean, open up open up the pocketbook for something. We'll see what happens. I mean, we, we've been close. Definitely been close. Yeah. And if you're a fan of, like, the minor leagues, the baseball, the farm system, I'm talking all the way to, like, single-A ball, you got the Believe in Dodgers and Angels Prospects podcast as well. So there you go. You got plenty of th- things. So if you're a Dodgers fan, like said, we got you covered. Angels fans. Let's see who else we got here real quick. We got the Padres Prospects. We got everything. So just, you know, go to Believe.com, like always, click on Shows. 205 shows now, over 15 pages worth of podcasts. Just take a look through. There's something there for you, I promise you. If not, tweet at Believe Podcast. It's B-L-E-A-V Podcast. And let them know what you're looking for. And as you can see, 
we const- we're constantly adding. And while you're on Twitter, make sure you go ahead and give both of us a follow. Myself, at underscore Jadella. It said is at said underscore says, and that's said with two Ds. And that is the housekeeping for this week. And, you know, said, let's just go ahead and get right into it, man. It's NXT this week. Yeah, what you want to talk about first, man? We How do we start off with the show? I believe we started off the show uh, with a pretty badass cruiserweight match. Um, Angel Garza, Isaiah Swerve Scott. And I think the biggest takeaway I have from this match was Garza saying, I didn't lose that NXT Cruiserweight title. What about you? Oh, yeah. Uh, so we're just going to skip over Matt Riddle on the golf cart that started the show. Ah, I didn't want to go back to that. because <laughs> I didn't want to go back to that. I didn't want – I wanted to skip that because the the goofy catchphrase. But you know what? Let, let's do it. Let's do it. No, I am like the mob. Just when you think you're out, I will bring you back in. Man, all right. So, yeah, yesterday we started the show with the Broser Waits, Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle, entering NXT Full Sail Arena on the Broser Weight Golf Cart is what he called it. Um, yeah. Carrying the Dusty Rhodes Classic Trophy. And we got a pretty lengthy promo from Matt Riddle. Um, and Pete Dunn kind of just stood there. Undisputed Era came out, gave some harsh words, in a very quick appearance that was really nothing. But what we got out of it was how much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish? How much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish? Oh, man. And I don't know if we even got that question answered, but... Um, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, Matt Riddle's promo yesterday. Some people loved it. Some people thought it was corny. I'm, I'm, the, I'm people. I'm people that think it was I'm right there with you. Literally, (laughs) Pete Dunn's face was me sitting on my couch like, what? Which I really feel like Matt Riddle went into business for himself a little bit there. Because Pete Dunn was just sitting there looking like, really? I came across the pond for this shit? Like, really? Exactly. So, So me, I think him saying Bobby Fish just said fish, I was good with that. I thought that was funny right there. The rest of it, I didn't need it. I didn't need any of that. Because yeah, he doubled down with Matt Riddle said Riddle. I was like, oh. Which Bobby Fish saying fish or how much fish could Bobby Fish fry? Bobby Fish could fry fish. It's going to be on a t-shirt by next week. I promise you. Oh, yeah. Like, take over gonna... Portland. It's on a t-shirt. Yep. They're going to give that a little bit of the bubbly treatment with Jericho. 100%. 100%. It's not as good as the bubbly. No, no. That was gold. Everything Jericho does is gold. This was more so like, ah. This is stoner humor. Say, this is yeah, what it is. Yeah, this is like high humor. It's not even bad drunk humor. It's definitely high humor, which is like, I don't know. I mean, like, what I mean, what I'm seeing right now, and I want to dive into more of this is uh, Riddle going to business for himself topic here. But is this the worst telegraph of a hill turn that we've seen in recent memory? It is either that, or this is going to be the biggest swerve that we've seen in recent memory. Yeah. Cause I mean, just the, just the, the odd couple thing they got going on here and, and Pete Dunn's been a fan favorite for a long time, but it, I mean, we can argue that it's been very stale on his front, which is why he came across the pond. And I, I want to say even his, uh, outside of that number one contenders match, he won to face off against Adam Cole for the championship a few months ago. He was on a bit of a losing streak, uh, in actual NXT. So it's like, what do we do with Pete Dunn to make him relevant again? 
and keep Matt Riddle away from a title so he can just be one of the stars of the show. And it's absolutely going to be Pete Dunn versus Matt Riddle in some series of grudge matches. Which is fine, which I have no problem with. And yeah, Pete Dunn is really in that weird spot. We talk about keeping Riddle away from a title. The whole reason Pete Dunn is in regular NXT is because if he's across the pond, it's like, well, we kind of got to stick him with Walter yeah. and have him deal with Imperium. Exactly. Exactly. And they're trying to shed more light on Imperium. A um, little more about them later, too. Um, but I think they're in a lose-lose situation because there's there's no way in hell the bros are waiting got to win those titles. It can't yeah. happen. Yeah, they do. They got to. This is why. Because you win it, you run it back at Mania, Mania weekend, and then you go – I'm assuming there's going to be a takeover at Money in the Bank weekend. That's Money in the Bank has become one of the big five for WWE. So right. you get a takeover Money in the Bank weekend. That's where the hill turn occurs. Money in the Bank is usually in June or May. So that'll allow you two monster SummerSlam to build up to Dunn Riddle. So you want to play up that Dunn is getting annoyed being around Riddle all the time. Yeah. I can totally see that. It is since we are since I've already figured it out, I just want them to do something different, I guess. Then again, they could swerve us and Riddle could turn on um Dunn. So I totally wouldn't expect that. That is so out of character for him. But, I mean, it would be interesting. I, I You'd have my attention if that was the case. But like you said, this is really telegraphed, so there's a possibility. Now, back to Riddle going to business for himself. And, and you you mentioned that it could have been a little bit of that um, in that promo, but we talk about his antics on Twitter a lot offline and some of the things, of course, with, with Goldberg and now with, with Brock Lesnar as well. And there was an altercation or supposed altercation backstage at um, the Royal Rumble. So is this favoring Riddle or is he doing more hurt to his brand? Both. I I feel like this is one of those, depending upon how this plays out, you may have screwed yourself or you may have just gotten really, really lucky. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because I think it's like maybe there's a chance that he doesn't get to work with Goldberg or Brock Lesnar, but at least you're a household name. All right. And to be fair, do you really want to be in the ring with Goldberg? Not at this point. No. Yeah. It'd be pretty poor. Lesnar, I get it. Lesnar, I get it. Do you want to be in the ring with Lesnar? But do you also, do you want to be in a match with somebody that's absolutely going to no sell you? Oh, if he's in a match with Lesnar, he's getting nerfed in two minutes. Exactly. There's going to be no offense. It's just going to be – you remember SummerSlam against Cena, how that match started? Yep. It's like that, but you just stop it there. Yep. Because at this point, I mean, if the altercation at the Royal Rumble really happened, I think Brock Lesnar just – he squashed him right there in backstage politics. Like, I'm not going to work with you, kid. I don't respect you. I don't respect the way you do business. And I feel like you're disrespecting me by having my name in your mouth. So it's like, and guys that make the decisions backstage, Vince, IE, whoever else, they're going to go with their, their breadwinner there instead of putting over the young star. They're going to take, take unconventional wisdom there and side with Lesnar all, all day. 
I mean, also, it's not really unconventional because this just may just be me, but Matt Riddle at his absolute highest, if you strap the rocket to his back and gave him double boosters, he still isn't touching Brock. That's tough because we're in an era right now where we're in the golden age of uh, in-ring wrestling. So everybody has this these cool things they can do. And when you add that level of realism to it, like look at the other MMA stars outside of Brock Lesnar. You got Shanna Baszler, uh, Ronda Rousey, all MMA backgrounds, done professional fights. Matt Riddle's the same way. And I think he adds that level of realism to his matches where I believe it when he does something. So I think if they actually took that on top of the goofy stoner gimmick, I think a lot of people on the main on the main roster, even though NXT is main roster now, a lot of those casual fans could get behind that. I, I kind of like the idea of the uh, the goofy guy that can beat you up thing. I, th- I think it just works. I think it's natural. I see where you're coming from, but you mentioned Ronda and Shayna. Those two were accomplished MMA. Like, they had longer, lengthier, more impactful careers than Riddle. Riddle kind of took his own legs out because he wouldn't stop smoking weed, and Dana White was like, screw it, bye. I know, but his record, that record yeah. still means something. I just see Matt Riddle, a better comparison is Bobby Lashley or Jake Hager. Yeah, I think uh, Hager is undefeated as well as Bobby Lashley. Or Bobby Lashley might have one loss, but, yeah, that's a good comparison. But when you talk about charisma, Matt yeah, got more charisma. Say, that's the counter is he that's, has charisma. <laughs> he got charisma way more than both of them. So that's where they differ in, in that scenario. I don't know. I mean, what's the worst that can happen, really? If let's 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 put it at um, twenty twenty one WrestleMania, what's the worst that can happen if you have Matt Riddle beat Brock Lesnar in a, in a match? It doesn't have to be a title match. What's the worst that could happen? It depends. What was Riddle doing before, and more importantly. What do you do with Brock after? I mean, what are we doing with Brock now? He's just kind of here. Yeah, and but kudos to him, Brock. I read I read a stat earlier today that uh, and I I, I want to fact check the hell out of this, but it said Brock Lesnar's been on every Raw in 2020. He has, has he? Okay. So kudos to him for actually showing up to work. But I mean, it still doesn't move me that he's there. He's just. He's just a novelty. Is it's not he's not taking on uh the competitive matches and we'll get to see an, an older NXT guy and Ricochet face Brock Lesnar, but god damn it, if Ricochet gets more offense than Kofi in that match. <laughs> well, you know what, you know, might as well just go ahead and be pissed off now because it's gonna happen. <clears throat> because here's and- the thing. If Brock decides to work, Brock does his best work with small people. The match Fair. with Ray was good. Styles was great. Daniel Brian Ryan. was great. Dan Ryan's probably the best one. Finn Balor was great. Oh, that's going to make me so mad. So I'm just, you know. Just oh, saying. I'm going to be livid. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be pissed off in about two weeks. But, but, but back to Riddle. I mean, Riddle obviously is like, is it any. 
is what Riddle doing any more different than what the Velveteen Dream was doing with the call me up Vince stuff? Pretty much saying on live television, on live takeovers to Triple H and Vince, like, hey, I'm ready to, I'm I'm ready for the uh, the big stage now. I see your point. I think this comes down to you can kind of let the whole call me up fence as a troll. While there's some genuineness to it and him being serious, it's also like, uh, you know, you're poking fun at something that the internet wrestling community constantly talks about. Right, right. Riddle. And also, it's not like Velveteen does this unprovoked. He does it on takeovers when normally if you lose a takeover or if you have a good show, you usually get called up. So there's justification and reason for it. Okay. Riddle will be bored on a random Tuesday at like one thirty-one in the afternoon. Is like, hey, Goldberg, you're trash. I'll show you a spear and a jackhammer. Like, come on. Like, you are literally poking the bear for no reason. But did he lie? No, but at some point, you just can't be the asshole. And this is coming from me, so it's really, really rich. For those that know me, they're probably going to laugh when they hear that out my mouth. Like, <laughs> at some point, you can't just poke the damn bear for the sake of poking the bear. Come on, you gotta, you gotta love Riddle doing the jackhammer in his matches. That oh, is I do. gold. That oh, is I gold. do. But it's just like at some point, you keep poking the bear, and even then, I think Goldberg even pumped Riddle down. They had a little interaction. I think it was SummerSlam weekend. Yeah, I think, it, and it's on the it's on the network too. Yeah, Riddle kind of was like, mm. so it's like you you, you know, something's got to give here. That was the whole uh, "I'm not your bro" that yeah. that thing, and you know, and you know why? I, you know, deep down, even, even if he's going into business for himself, even if this is not some elaborate work by the company, because I don't think they're smarter than us at, at this point. There's, we're the internet wrestling community is just too armed. Um, if he's really poking the bear, and let's let's say let's say for shits and giggles that uh, Goldberg or Brock are really pissed off. And they mm-hmm. and they wanted to really fight Matt Riddle. Goldberg can't whip whoop Matt. Not at this age. Mm-hmm. Not at this age. And and I'll be willing to say that that Brock can't whoop Matt either. Nah, Brock get Riddle the hell out of here. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think from a technical MMA standpoint, that Riddle will probably get him in some type of hold. Even though he's the even though Brock's a bigger guy. See. I hear the argument, but I'm sitting here picturing Riddle trying to shoot Brock and getting caught with something. I don't know. I don't know. It's just such a size difference. Goldberg, yeah, sure, I'll probably give you that one. That's why I think he's so adamant about poking the bear because he's like, all right, you can't whoop me anyway. So what's Unless up? he Bret Hart's him. Unless Goldberg, you know, gives Matt Riddle the Bret Hart treatment. Mm. That's also another reason why I just would not step in the ring with Goldberg at this point in time. But Goldberg's back tomorrow. <laughs> Goldberg's back. And the only thing I can hope is that, and it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But if WWE loves his fans, you give me Big E versus Goldberg. What? Nope, we are about to go on the sidebar and a tangent. So if you want to fast forward a couple of minutes, please go ahead, <laughs> listeners. That being said, why in the bluest of blue hells do you want to ruin Big E's career and potentially end it? Of all the people on the roster that you want to feed to Goldberg, 
if you don't send Baron Corbin in that too small ass domestic violence garment that he wears to the ring and that Game of Thrones leftover prop crown and let him get picked apart, take Elias and his guitar and send him out there. You want to send the next Black World Champion in waiting out there to get massacred? If Elias was a hill, I'd be right there with you. But this is Biggie's dream, man. This is his dream. That Goldberg was his childhood idol. He's been clamoring for this in the New Day pod for weeks. He he want Goldberg. <laughs> hey, fam, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes some dreams just need to stay dreams, damn it. Like, Go ahead. Get out there, man. Go ahead. It don't even got to be a match. It can just be a segment. <laughs> okay, a segment where he doesn't get physical? Sure. A match? Why? Like, I feel like if you put me in a match with Goldberg, unless my name is Dolph Ziggler or The Undertaker, I feel like you're punishing me. That's another uh, elephant in the room that could happen. Like, it could be him running it back with The the Undertaker. Because last year's match was so piss poor. You know, I've watched Taker's um, thing with uh, Stone Cold, and he just didn't really seem like, nah. I got the vibe of he was just like, nah. <laughs> Could be wrong, but I got that like, nah. <clears throat> this is another tangent, and we, uh, we're going to jump right into this cruiserweight match. But um, I think when you talk about, like, no selling, bad spots, things like that in matches, I think my favorite moment was, oh, damn, it had to be like two years ago now. And it was – I don't know if it was in the greatest Royal Rumble or not, but I'm pretty sure it was Jeff Hardy and Jinder Mahal. And Jeff Hardy tried to hit Whisper in the wind and completely missed and just hit the mat. And Mahal was still standing afterwards, and Mahal just still fell anyway. Oh, let me Google this real quick. He still fell anyway. And then one of the announcers was like, oh, I guess the, uh, <laughs> I guess it was the aftershock of the win that <laughs> got him. Oh, my God. Yo, he missed him by, like, four feet. Oh, you looked it up? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I was like, I couldn't even be mad. I was like, damn, that's gender giving you commitment to the work. (laughs) Gender was literally on his knees trying to get up, and Jeff missed him by, like, a good three feet to the left. He committed to the work right there. He was like, yeah, I'm just going to fall anyway. And then Jinder looked up and was like, oh, 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 oh. Jinder literally fell like when you're drunk and you come in the house and you forget that you left a pair of shoes by the door and you step on them. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what that was. That was gold. That was gold right there. Oh, man. But um, yeah, that's enough of our sidebar and tangent on Goldberg and Jinder Mahal and Matt Riddle. And so, yeah, that's the opening segment was Matt Riddle and how much fish could Bobby Fish fry? Bobby Fish could fry fish, which led us into, thankfully, a great cruiserweight matchup between Swerve Scott and everybody's favorite tweener, heel, face, depending upon the day, Angel Garza. All right, right. And this was, man, this was a banger. This was a great way to start out NXT, to be honest. I mean, we, I've been saying this since the beginning. I think Garza is a star. We just saw him on Monday Night Raw, looked strong against Mysterio, took Mysterio out, uh, possibly to injury after um, attacking his cousin, 
Humberto Carrillo, and now he's back on NXT, taking his claim for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship that he kept allowing us to know that he didn't lose. Or sorry, he didn't lose. He didn't lose. In fact, uh, I believe it was Swerve Scott that got spent, got pinned in that match by yep. Devlin. So Swerve took the pin. So this match had a bunch of um, – I wouldn't even say – it had some close calls, but it definitely had that type of action you want to see from the cruiserweights. A lot of high flying, a lot of spots that were halted by the other competitors. I thought it was great. I think this is the uh, – we talked last week about the last time the cruiserweights were in that golden spot. I think it's a deep, I think it's a deeper division now. Oh, yeah, it's much deeper now with more personality. Oh yeah, I think that that's what, definitely what they were lacking before. So, what do we think about? Um, I guess where does it, where does Garza go from here? Do you do you just have Garza challenge Devlin straight up? Um, I guess you do, but with Devlin, how they are positioning him as a heel, maybe he's just like, nah. Like you want me, you got to work your way to get to it. So if that's the case, then they might have to lead. They might lead into another um, multi-match where you have Garza Swerve. I think they got Galio Rush back in there somehow, and then um, Devlin that way. Or maybe it's going to be a number one contenders match somehow. Um, but one thing's for sure: I, I'm pretty sure for the next thirty-ish days, we're probably going to see Garza on Raw a lot. Yeah, because what I'm thinking is Leo never got his rematch, even though they quote-unquote say rematches, mandatory rematches are no more. But um, he never got a chance to run it back. And then Garza lost before Leo could run it back. So you go Leo, Garza, no more in contenders match. You find a way to maybe stick Swerve in there. Mm-hmm. And those, those, those Garza-Leo matches are money, so – I think you hit it right in the head. I think they do something like that. I think shameful. I mean, even though I want to see Garza Devlin just for the storyline there, I think it's safe to say that Leo might be the one to come out on that just because they want to have the traditional baby face heel match. So, but all in all, cruiserweights look like a very strong, are in a very strong place right now. And, Garza's cutting some promos off of it. He's he's building his brand. He's beloved in NXT. And I think uh, exposing him to the Raw brand could even mean a call-up here, maybe after WrestleMania season. Yeah, definitely. I feel like Garza will probably get a good spot on the Raw roster. Hopefully, if Heyman is smart, once Andrade comes back, you just pair him with Garza, Selena. You got you a nice little heel faction. You keep that rolling. Yeah, I think it's a good look for him. Cruiserweight title or not, I think it's a real good look for him. Yeah. You let Devlin run with the Cruiserweight title in NXT, let him hop back back and forth on both sides of the pond, and you know. Mm-hmm. And, and what do we do with Swerve now? Because I think the past couple times we've seen Swerve on TV, he's looked strong in his matches but still come up short. Hmm, that's tough. Because he's growing in popularity. Right, right. He's kind of in that next man up spot mm-hmm. where he's sitting in the own deck circle, actually. Yeah, he's sitting in the own deck circle, so he's just waiting, and it's just, you know, you got to wait for your time. 
Yeah. He will, he'll always be that guy that, that's going to put on a great match. He's kind of in that uh, – wow, who who's like that? I mean, I guess when you look at the old Cruiserweight division, he's kind of in that um, that Ali role right now. Yep, that's a good fit. He's going to put on a great match, not quite get to the top of the mountain, but he's always there, always available. But the cruisers are cruisers are in good hands, and I think they're going to provide some great content on um, on NXT UK 205 Live. Deepest the division has been in a long time. Uh, like Jacob said, a lot of personality in the division, which is what they were lacking before. And I don't know what some of those old cruiser guys are doing, like um, Esther Tazawas, Gallagher. I think I think uh, of course like Murphy, Cedric Alexander, all those guys have moved on, but. Some of those names are still there. I know they added Tyler Breeze. So large influx. I mean, I, I just hope they continue to hot potato the title around. Get get as much eyes on that division as you can and just really make it a strong division for your pay-per-views. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was going to say, Cedric, they got him working kind of main event. It was like Vince kind of cooled off that push. So you could easily slide set back down if you needed to. Just add a little bit more. Um it's really interesting, though, what they're going to do. Gallagher, Akira, I feel like they're just – they're utility players now. Man, and Gallagher had a run, man. He was entertaining. Actually, I think they may have put Gallagher back across the pond. Hmm. Okay. That would actually be a good look for him, too. That could totally work. He was one of the entertaining ones, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, we'll see. They got options, though, which is something they haven't had since Enzo, for the most part. Man, but Devlin looks like he's going to be that dude. He definitely like he's going to be that guy um, for the division, The kind of that that nasty heel that's going to do what he has to do, still put on a great match. And alluding to what you said last week, maybe at one day um, we'll see him paired up with Finn. Just saying, nice little Irish psychopaths. Let's let's just let's go let's go ahead and talk about your NXT champion, <laughs> NXT Cruiserweight champion, real quick, man. De- Devlin came over yesterday in his first um, appearance at Full Sail, and he took on uh, NXT OG and Tyler Breeze, who's kind of been treading water since Dango um, is out with injury for probably a lengthy amount of time right now, and he he's brought up the whole mean streak. Yeah, he really has, and it's really a good look for both of them because you're in the ring with somebody like Tyler Breeze, who is well-respected. The fans love him in NXT, and you're hanging with him. So Devlin, it shows Devlin can hang with the big dogs, and it shows that Breeze can also still go for those that have either forgotten or just didn't know that he could go as a solo cat. And if you didn't, if they didn't know Tyler Breeze can go as a solo act, I mean – it's because he's been grossly misused over the entirety of his WWE career since leaving NXT. So it's good to see him back in a kind of a solo spotlight. I mean, I wish they would shed some more light on his gimmick because it can actually be kind of cool when done right, kind of that narcissistic pretty boy gimmick. Um, but, I mean, putting on a good match to Cruiserweight Champion can only mean positive things. He can get a couple wins on 205 Live and be thrust right into the thick of the title picture. Yeah, they said that Breeze had been looking strong on 205 Live. I haven't watched 205 Live in months because it's just really hard to keep up with 
when it's like, oh yeah, we're canceling Tool Fire Live for this week, and it's like, what? Right. But, right. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to do that. You're right. <clears throat> Come on, give it to me consistently, or tape it after NXT. You got to figure something out with Tool Fire Live. I feel like they're still trying to get it figured just right. But um, you mentioned Tyler Breeze and the narcissistic how they could do that right with the nasty side. For those that might not be familiar, go back to like 2015 NXT, like the early Prince Pretty days. Yeah, That is the peak of what his character should be and mm-hmm. great execution of it. He really just needs the right, the right storyline, the right direction to get that out of him. Because I mean, how many... And in the cruiserweight division right now, successfully, how many big time heels do we really have? There have been some guys that have crossed the fence a little bit between heel and babyface. Garza is Nisa heel? Is Tony Nisa back to being a heel? I don't know. That's a good question because I mean he was a heel early on, and then had his feud with Buddy Murphy, and he was definitely a face. And now we know Buddy Murphy's moved on. Yeah, you got a point. They really need to establish like a strong, solid face heel split. Mm-hmm. We just got to give them some time, but we're in good. They're in good hands. It's a lot better than what it used to be. Just needs to let itself play out. And like we said before, with Devlin having the title, that also gives you the NXT UK side of things as well, which helps a lot. Yep, it helps out a tremendous amount. So cruiserweights are in good hand. We expect big things moving on. We'll, and now we um, – what else did we get? Did we get the uh, – let's talk about, I guess, your your limitless champion. Keith Lee has a number one contender now. Yes, he do does. We, do we it's like just, the move? I like it, although I would have probably enjoyed a triple threat a little bit more. And actually, to be honest with you, once they threw Killian Dane into it this week, I was like, ooh, you give me those four in the match for like a good 15 minutes? Yeah. Ooh, that's what I'm here for. That would be money. And it's not too late. Well, I mean, I guess it's too late to revert now, but that's kind of what I was hoping too. So when I saw Killian Dane was back, I was like, man, like let, let's let's get this guy and like influxed into this feud a little bit because we know Damian Priest still there. Uh, lurking somewhere, but I mean, I don't know how. And, and kudos for Dijakovic because I mean, he's kind of been the guy that's the baby face had his little um, his moments, things like that. But Keith Lee is like took off from their original feud, so I don't know if it's like a little swan song for him, or I, I don't see a way right now that they can make him look strong versus Keith Lee with all the momentum he has. I mean, the only way to make Dyke Kovic look strong is if they put on another classic like they did the two or three times before. And he could still eat the L and he'll still come out looking strong, but you can't cool off Keith Lee. You can't have Keith Lee lose the title. No, you can't. And there's absolutely no way they'll do that. So it makes me even think furthermore that um that a Dane or Priest might might give us a dusty finish in Portland. Yeah, yeah, that's likely the chance. And also, just for the sake of the North American title, Keith Lee can't lose because 
I think it was, let's see, one, two. There's been about six or seven North American champions. I don't think that belt's two years old yet. Wow. And everybody that's won it has lost it in their first title defense except for like one or two people. That is a stat. I did and not let me know go that. check that real quick. <laughs> but I'm 95% sure I think there's like only two of the champs that have actually retained it in their first title defense. I like that stat. But I mean, if we're, they're hot potato t- title like that, I mean, but that couldn't that that might not be all a bad thing for Keith Lee because maybe they just want him to, to give him um, the push for the world title. Let's see here. This title was introduced in April of 2018. Adam Cole won the title. He was the first champion. He held it for 132 days. He defended it for the first time in August of 2018. He lost to Ricochet. Mm-hmm. Ricochet held it for 161 days. He defended it to Johnny Wrestling. Lost it to Johnny Wrestling. Wow. Johnny Wrestling holds it, defends it against Velveteen Dream. Loses the Velveteen Dream. Velveteen holds it. Johnny Wrestling only held it for 25 days. <laughs> wow. Velveteen held it for 210 days. He was the first one to successfully defend it because he beat Matt Riddle during that time frame. Let me see who else he may have beat. Yep, he beat Matt Riddle and there were a couple other ones. And then Roddy knocked off Velveteen. And Roddy held it up until he lost to Keith Lee. Interesting. So I think the what the longest title reign be Roddy then? Longest title reign is two hundred and nine days. Velveteen has it. Velveteen, okay. Roddy had it for one twenty six. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, so this is you all right, so we know <laughs> Keith Lee's probably gonna have to hold this thing. I, I don't I don't see a way that somebody with that much momentum loses that title that soon. So yeah, you could say that for literally every last person on that list. Nah, but Keith Lee got the he got the main roster rub. It's different. Like when if you've been in there with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar within like the past what three to five months? Like nah, there's there's no way. There's no way they cool him off like that unless he's getting a a, a bona fide push and title match against uh, Adam Cole for the world title at like Mania weekend. Yeah, yeah, you got a point there, but it's just like, mm. what I would like to see, which they don't, I mean, since we're doing this little crossover thing more and more, like let somebody from Raw or SmackDown come and challenge him for the North American title. Hmm. It's not a bad idea. Don't care who it is. Don't care who it is at all, but just let somebody come in and try to and, and allow Keith Lee to continue that momentum that way. And it also adds more credibility to the North American title. Yeah. Also, uh, here's a little tidbit. Technically speaking, Gargano's reign was only four days. Wow. He wanted a takeover, lost it on TV, but because they didn't air the episode for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I remember that. 
<laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, this is the hot potato title, so I don't know. But yeah, I feel like Keith Lee should not lose that. No, nah, there's no way. But I mean it's good for Dajkovic to continue to be in the spotlight somewhat. Um they've had a couple of epic matches. I don't even is this the rubber match? No, nah, they've had at least three. Okay. Okay, so yeah, this this gonna be definitely Dajkovic taking another L, and they'll play up the rivalry here for the next couple of weeks and talk about talk about that. Maybe in some of their partnership, and it's a friendly rivalry now at least. But Keith Lee, um, his star ain't dwindling no time soon. Uh, there's no way Keith Lee doesn't get a strong push throughout this whole entire year unless he just does something incredibly stupid. In his downtime, I don't see him getting any uh, wellness violations. If that's what you're saying, <laughs> well, Andrade is on his way to, to becoming a flare, and he popped. So I'm hearing that. I mean, there's some people online saying he's innocent. And they're saying Small Joe might have got popped too. So, but yeah, I don't see Keith Lee doing anything stupid. Nah, of course not. I don't, I don't see that at all. I don't see that happening. Not a chance. Where do you want to go next? You want to go um, into Gargano and Johnny's thing? Yeah, we can hit that real quick. Yeah, that's a quick one. So Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor came on screen and argued with each other like um, like school children for a couple minutes. And it was kind of interesting. And one of the main takeaways I got was Johnny Gar. It looked like Finn was kind of, this. This looked like it wasn't scripted, by the way. It looked- it looked like it looked like Johnny was just coming off the cuff, and Finn couldn't get his his uh his plan responses in. <laughs> but one thing that was hilarious to me is Johnny kept coming at Finn with the coming at his neck too about losing to Bobby Lashley um, seventeen times on Raw, and I don't even know if that's an accurate stat or not. But first thing I, I thought, come, like, come come on, bro, Johnny, you not you not beating Bobby Lashley one of those times either. You smaller than Finn. I mean, he's not, but he pulled a 50 cent. He was like, look, man, here's the numbers, dog. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and I, I think that actually flabbergasted Finn a little bit because he was just sitting there with the grimacing face, just just trying to wait for his moment. It's like, this one really went here. I got to find. I really need WWE to, like, keep records of the official win-losses. That'd be nice. I think the only one whose win-loss record we can actually detail is uh, Bray Wyatt's because it's so grossly heavy in the loss column. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> it's real bad. But in that in that uh, ilk, I mean, Gargano and Balor is going to be a great match. Finnis, or sorry, Balor is saying he doesn't need this match, and Gargano is saying how much he needs this match to validate himself. So I think this, I, I think that gave you my answer right there. I think Balor's going to go over. I feel like every time Gargano has needed to win something, he's lost. Which is really sad. Also funny, but really sad. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, him saying that he needed this match against Balor and how just just how nasty Balor has looked since returning to NXT. Like, why would they want to cool that off for Gargano, who's pretty much accomplished everything that he has? So, like, for for example, this could just be like the first of a couple of feuds. I mean, you might give uh, 
Gargano Balor, the Adam Cole Gargano treatment where they just keep running it back. Oh yeah, I'm definitely down for that. And I just did a quick Google. Don't know how official these records are, but since 2018, Finn and Bobby have fought each other seven times in one-on-one matches. Finn actually has a winning record. Mm. So there's that. Okay. But you know what? Jokes are always greater than facts. Yeah. Yeah. In the the moment, I was like, oh, oh, word. (laughs) Although it does seem like Finn got his ass kicked every single time, though. Some way. Some way, yeah. So, I mean, with that being said, I mean, Finn and Gargano, it was it was a cool segment for a little bit, and then, then Johnny walked off, and I guess the the saving grace for Finn Balor's promo here was him saying, Johnny, I don't have a heart. He even tweeted it out later that night. So, I think, he's, I think this is going to be a fight more than a match, and you're going to see Balor actually trying to injure Gargano again, uh, which could play into whatever is going to happen with this feud. Yeah, definitely. This is really going to be actually I take that back. I don't think it's gonna be a fight. I think they're setting it up to be like that. But it somehow stays just enough of a wrestling match. With a little bit of a brawl to it, but it stays just enough of a wrestling match. And they actually put on a great technical display. And I'm just gonna say Finn gets it because he probably needs it more. Yeah, Finn, Finn can definitely be that uh that one hurdle that that Johnny's just trying to climb for a while. Another, again, another way to keep him out of the title picture, um, either a title picture that is, and giving him something to do. So, what other matches did we have yesterday? We want to um, let's. Uh... We had um, Mercedes and um, Casey. And this has actually been a little, um, I don't want to call it a comeback tour, but kind of a reintroduction for Casey Catanzaro. Definitely so, especially when there were reports and rumors making their rounds last summer that she was done, that she asked for a request. Definitely asked for a request for a release. Um, maybe didn't like the creative direction or maybe it's even the schedule, but the match we got, I mean, yeah, I know we talked about it offline. This is kind of the action you'll see from Mercedes Martinez, who um been a mainstay in the wrestling industry, kind of building her brand, getting a win. And good to see, it's obviously good to see Casey back in the ring and she can hit some of her her more noticeable spots. Um, what do we think about Mercedes going forward? Do we think that she's a person that can kind of be in the limelight of the women's division? Um, she's cash as oh no. Wow. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, man. Hold on. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. She's Chris Hero. Man. That let me make a, that a little bit better. That is a name I did not expect to hear right there. That just that changes everything. But, but you're the player coach. So you're giving the younger talent reps, you're helping them in the ring, you're putting them in the spotlight, you're letting them get their stuff in, but you're still picking up the W. That's the difference between her and Ono. Ono doesn't necessarily always pick up the W, and he's perfectly fine with that at this point in his career. Right. And I also think Mercedes is actually helping out at the PC as well. 
So after 20 plus years in the industry, you finally get your victory lap because people are like, oh, why didn't she go to AEW? And if you like found interviews of her, she said that she kind of wants to give back. She wants to get into coaching and helping the next generation. So player coach, she's in that spot where you can build her up, get her wins. So if you need to do a quick few to hold over Bianca or Charlotte or Rhea, or whoever is the champ, if you need a quick little one-off, there you go, Mercedes, right into it. Because it's believability, it's credibility. Mm-hmm. And it's also yeah. going to be a damn good match, no matter what, so. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, so overall, she'll be good for the for the division, especially for some of those, uh, some of the ladies on the roster who don't get that much, um, TV time with USA for the live shows, things like that. Just need some extra work. Need a yep. safe person. Mercedes Martinez. And also, she might be able to teach the uh, other two horsewomen of MMA how to throw a punch to save their lives. <laughs> I don't know, man. They'll get better. They'll get better. They got you. They have to. Okay. Marina is married to the Messiah of the Backbreaker. She she got it. She she got it. She'll be fine. Okay. Okay. Just take some time. Osmosis doesn't work like that, but okay. <laughs> As you guys should know by now, me and Seth tend to give you guys a lot of content every week with our breakdown on NXT. And when we sit back and look at it, we're like, oh, man, that's a lot. So as always, per usual, we like to break things into two, maybe three little episodes for you. Keep it light, make it a little more digestible and palatable for you. We're not trying to be the Joe Budden podcast here with three hour long episodes. So that's the first half of this week's breakdown of NXT. We talked about how the Cruiserweight division is experiencing a rebirth right now. Jordan Devlin looks like money. Definitely looking forward to that potential Angel Garza matchup if it happens. We talked about Mercedes Martinez and how she is the ultimate player coach. And we talked a little bit about that promo between Finn Balor and Johnny Wrestling and how Johnny Wrestling may have just embarrassed Finn on national TV. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that we all want to know how much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish. How much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish? Because it's a thing now. And as you'll see with our second episode this week, where we break down the interaction between Charlotte, Bianca Belair, and Rhea Ripley, and the main event between the Undisputed Era against Broza Wakes and Tommaso Ciampa, you'll see that we tend to make a couple things a thing. So just sit back, relax. Thank you for listening through this episode for the week. The second episode is coming right up as soon as I shut up talking. You hear the music playing right behind me. I'm out. Here comes the next one.